So I've started recording, so officially a, a warm, warm welcome. So I'm going to just start straight away with um, re just reading Advices and Careers 15. And you might like to just close your eyes and just sort of float in the words, let them... Um, yeah, let's let them sort of swim around you a little bit. So, do you take part as often as you can in meetings for church affairs? Are you familiar enough with our church government to contribute to its disciplined processes? Do you consider difficult questions with an informed mind as well as a generous and loving spirit? Are you prepared to let your insights and personal wishes take their place alongside those of others or be set aside as the meeting seeks the right way forward? If you cannot attend, uphold the meeting prayerfully. I have to admit, friends, that this advice is one of those that I, I kind of dreaded. You know, what can I possibly say about such a, well, seemingly dry advice. And it goes to a place in me that I should go to business meeting. And I'm also aware that when I'm in business meeting, I'm really bad at it. You know, I, I forget to just wait and I get pulled into conversations rather than just waiting for the clerk to invite the next person. So yeah, I can, I, I gotta say, this is a tricky one. So, um, Bill, there's an in, I'm also aware, also it's kind of like an internal argument. I'm too busy to go to meeting or I'm too tired to go to meeting for business and, oh, they're boring. I don't want to, you know. So as I reflected on this, though, it seems to me that my engagement with church affairs has kind of waxed and waned really in direct relationship to my ability to be nourished spiritually, you know, heart and mind prepared. So as my daily practice and meditation has grown, so is my ability to come to meetings for worship or business with, I guess, something to offer, as opposed to just being an empty cup. And I would say that there are other factors too, like going through an enormous life event, like having a baby or getting divorced or managing grief or illness, all these can prevent one from coming. and. I believe the community can hold that with compassion. And I, and I really like um, that sense that so-and-so is prevented. That's really, it's a really lovely, compassionate understanding. God. I guess the other thing that has changed over time is um, perhaps more of a willingness to take responsibility for business meeting with a bit more courage. I want to say courage because it takes a little bit of a, you know, can I really say this? I think Quaker life has certainly helped me with this, being in the Quaker life rep. Um, it's been a, such a help and they encourage me to feed back into meeting some of the spiritual nurture of Quaker life weekends. But asking our clerk to have an item of spiritual nurture on the agenda has been fun and tricky and a bit scary, but it's for me, brought a real sense of relationship to the business meetings. Um, I guess, for example, in the last one, we had been in meeting for an hour, 
And it was then, uh, then there was the item for spiritual nurture. And we all stood up and moved around and did a short reflection on what are the seeds of life in our meeting. And there was an invitation to turn to our neighbours and talk. And I noticed for me how much more refreshed I felt and how much more connected I was to the people in the meeting. Other aspects of business meeting, which has been, I'm ashamed to say, a recent discovery, (laughs) is the desire in me to become really curious about it. Um, Reading Quaker Faith and Practice, I'm amazed at the new perspectives it offers. For example, in chapter one, from five to seven, it talks about the importance of reading advices and queries in business meetings and spending time reflecting on how advices and queries are being used in our meetings for worship. Well, isn't that funny, friends? You know, I've spent a year and a half studying advice and queries, exploring them with you, and I had not understood just that, that we are being asked to report to our area meeting on how advices and queries are being used in our local meeting. Um, so that was a real eye-opener. Yeah, this is we're, we're kind of being asked to be accountable for referring and reflecting on and absorbing these wonderful, these are wonderful advices and queries. So once I came across that, I got really excited. <laughs> I got really excited because it linked advices and queries with business meeting and, you know, I'm, I'm all fired up about advices and queries. <laughs> I don't know how I could have missed that. So monthly meetings should consider regularly the use of advice advice and queries in their constituent local meetings. And as I've reflected on this advice, it has become more and more an exciting opportunity, perhaps a chance for some cross-pollination across our meetings for us to bring our learning about advices into our business meeting, right into planting that seed right into the business meeting. So I'm just going to pause there because one of the things I'm really aware of is how hard it is to centre down in business meeting. So we can be in a meeting for worship and centred, really centred. And then, now friends, I'm just going to pause because I've lost Sue and lots of people have seemed to have dropped out. Is everything okay from your end? You're still here? Okay, it's all good. So we haven't lost anyone. I'll carry on. It's all good. Um, Yeah, so I would just love to hear your reflections. In fact, we'll we'll go into groups of three and just the, the reflection is how do you, how are you able to stay centered down in meetings for business? You know, what do you do to keep that sense of stillness, centeredness, that means that you're kind of held and not flipping into a dialogue, just a back and forth. Wonderful. So as we all sort of return together, I would just love you to just raise your hand and unmute. Let let me know what, um, yeah, what makes it difficult to centre down or how do you centre down anything like that that you would like to share or that you found coming up for you 
in, in, in business meeting, yeah, not, not in meeting for worship, so particularly in business meeting. Good. Anne, we'd, we'll go to you first and then go to Sean. Okay. Um, I was sharing with my, with my Teresa that I, I concentrate or I focus on or I just am aware of the, the beauty of no, just knowing that a meeting for worship for business is exactly this, it, we, we are called upon to be in meeting for worship. It just happens to be some, a time when we when we also do some business. Yeah. <laughs> but 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 we're yeah we're really really grounded in that and and yeah for me that's just so um, so wonderful. And one one more thing is is that I I think and we I talked about that too in our group, that just to be enveloped in the, in the stillness, in that quiet moment of before we start, that, that's just very important to me. So yes. that's, that's me. Thank you, Anne. <coughs> Sean, you are going to share. Yeah, um, I think that they have picked uh, the others in my foursome. Uh, we're in various ways saying the same thing. I very much think that we need to remind ourselves of it regularly, yeah. uh, that this is something we should do and not get preoccupied with uh, coffee and gossip in between, which happened in our meeting. And uh, But even where we come together on a, a special, you know, a, a weekday evening or something like that, that the meeting for worship and the silence gets a more prominent part. It, it would require quite careful stewarding uh, by the clerk or whoever, uh, but I think we definitely need to remind ourselves to do this and to hear those words because we can forget, you know, and we can go in and treat it. And I have done, and I know that lots of other people in my meeting you know you really could be at a meeting of your local neighborhood group or yeah. uh, whatever there wouldn't be a difference you know i well my opinion is yeah <laughs> yeah that's so true thank you sean so that um, brings me to thinking you know wh who's responsible we are i guess we are all responsible at any point at the beginning of when we're in that sense when we're having that sort of 10 minutes of stillness any one of us could read from Quaker Faith and Practice that reminder that this is fundamentally and primarily a meeting for worship and just to remind us and root ourselves in that discipline and in that space yeah Peter would you like to add yeah I was going I was in the same group as Sean and as he says we were very much on the same lines um, in, in my particular meeting, it's we've, because of the very dispersed nature of our community, it's very much more easy and convenient for the members to meet together for both purposes on a Sunday. Mm. And so 
we actually structure what we call an extended meeting. So we have our meeting for worship at 10.30 and um, we call it an extended meeting but in fact we run it on a business meeting Sunday as actually two meetings and um, and just on that one Sunday um, we meet from 10.30 to 11.15 for worship and then we carry on for um, a time as if we're getting ready to end meeting for worship, uh, meeting for meeting as we normally do, and with the commitment that at some time before quarter to twelve, um, we will begin a business meeting. And any sense that they are two meetings that they are one meeting for worship, you know, with, with a natural break for all sorts of reasons in between, is lost. And a great many people don't feel able to stay for all sorts of reasons until half past 12. And so what we're wrestling with at, at the moment is how do we face up to the challenge of this? And, and what we've been talking about tonight is that is a very good guidance to think to, uh, to what I think the, the way we've got to think reaffirm that the whole meeting is a meeting for worship and yes we meet for worship we may have a break but then we meet in the spirit that it's a worship meeting for the purpose of doing some business or for any other reason yeah. for that matter. Very, very helpful. Thank you. I mean, you've given me lots of ideas. You know, it's we could almost, for our for those Sundays where we meet for business, you know, say, okay, well, this is going to be a half-hour meeting for worship, but we're not going to stop. We're going to go straight, flowing, that sense of flow and joining it. It is still meeting for worship. But now we're going to... You know, it's a very interesting idea, and I can imagine that would help holding the holding of the the centering down. Yeah. Anybody else? Gail. Yes. Just um, I was also in the same group, and at Exeter we also run our meeting for worship uh, from. In the same, you know, in the morning before we have the business meeting, but we do make a clear break, um, and I can see now that maybe that we need to think about that and how how that helps our um, worshipful approach, because we go from ten thirty to eleven thirty, and then there are also um, notices. So. Um, Recently, the clerk has had to ask the notices to be shorter, and uh, then we have a tea break, and then we attend, and we attend on Zoom and in the meeting house. So we have a blended meeting. Yeah. And there are still challenges in terms of hearing everybody clearly. Yeah. Um, but I've been very um, assisted by your work in this group. I haven't been able to come all the time, but. I'd always been attracted to Buddhist meditation 
I'm in a little Buddhist group which I attend now and then because I'm mean, also a therapist and I believe that we are mind and body in who we are as you know when we work on issues with clients we're working with how they feel in their bodies and how because if you have remember if you had examination uh, fears you sometimes have butterflies in your stomach and that's communicated from your brain to your stomach you know there's no other means mm. so there is a connection and i find it very profound to link my breathing to focusing down mm. but i don't always do that so actually if there are enough Quakers in my meeting house that are interested in this, then we could experiment with, um, we have the silence before we start the business meeting, but we could also perhaps make mention of something of this kind, mm -hmm. about focusing down, bringing our attention through our breathing mm -hmm. into a quiet, open space. Mm -hmm listening and growing. Mm, <clears throat> lovely, lovely. Thank you. David. The three members of our group talked about the uh, way in which you can structure and organize a business meeting. And one of us had used the same practice in a board of school governors, one as the head of a research lab and one as the head of a university department. And we all concluded that if the clerk had spoken about the issues that were important for the meeting to everyone in the meeting in the three or four weeks before we meet, we could then meet in a sense of worship. And the clerk could say, you have seen the first minute which I have drafted, are we content? And people might contribute and say it would be better if, or people could say, yes, we are content. We all found, I think, that when we applied this in professional life, our meetings held the department or the research group or whatever together because we've all been talking with our head of department who worked hard on it um, and we got through our meetings much more quickly because people had thought what they were going to say about the proposed minute. That's a bit of an aside but I think the idea of writing the minutes before the meeting, which I always did, has much to be said for it. Yeah. Thank you, thank you David. Yes, it's something that's being explored in our area meeting too, where the um, where some minutes anyway that will be drafted beforehand. Helen, you have your yes. The the question of um, stewarding the meeting or um, something that came up in our group was how to be kindly and loving with people who aren't at all familiar with Quaker business methods who are new to it or newer to it. Um, so it is the clerks and the elders present need to be able to do some kind of education yeah. along those lines. And as I've been listening, I've been thinking, actually there might be a place for ministry within meeting for worship in advance, I mean, whether I will be led to make that ministry or not, this Sunday when we go, go into business meeting after a meeting for worship, I don't know. But there is, there is a, there are ways of being tender, aren't there? Yeah. And there are ways of being officious. And the, the fact of the matter is in business meeting, we are being asked to often 
consider fairly mundane things which we switch into our mundane brain for yeah and and to be encouraged to let things go a bit deeper to let things draw from the heart it's i i know because as you've said caroline it, it's um it's easy to switch into that monkey brain or mundane brain and how to let that spirit of the meeting speak through you we all need that kind of careful stewarding it it, it really is worth putting a lot of thought into it so i'm yeah. also grateful to this session now yeah mm. i mean what you're what you're pointing to helen is 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 something so so necessary because we otherwise we're expecting people to just know and <laughs> to just know how yeah. to and and how how can they know unless there is some some pointing and some teaching or some explaining in in meeting for worship for business this is how we are we're going to stay in that worshipful space connected to our heart we won't talk unless the the clerk indicates for us to talk so that we can stay connected to to spirit and and i i i guess that just needs almost for, for, for me i need constant reminding because oh, you know, <laughs> yeah good oh i so appreciate things that you've said so this is what we'll do now we're going to do some centering down and you can, if you like, imagine that we're going to go into a business meeting, but we're not. <laughs> so um, I'm going to start with a poem today and, um, and go where the, the spirit leads. So if I could just invite everyone just to check that they're on mute. Um, and to be comfortable if you need to get an extra cushion or an extra blanket to make sure that you're warm and comfortable. Um, if you need to, I don't know if I'm, if I'm not loud enough, maybe there's a way of turning up the volume so you don't have to strain to hear me. I am aware that my, my voice drops a bit um, when we're doing meditation, so I'll, I will do my best to keep, uh, keep loud, speaking loud, loudly enough, I hope, I hope. If I'm speaking like this, can I just check that everyone can hear me at the moment? Is that okay, John? Yeah? Good, good. All right. Welcome. So, just to let yourself take a nice, slightly deeper breath. And the poem I'm going to read is by Rosemary Troma. Troma, I'm not quite sure how you say that. And she is a poet who writes a lot about grief and loss. And this poem is called Wonder. I wear my wonder like old running shoes, not elegant, not sophisticated surprisingly inappropriate in certain rooms. I notice how others sometimes wrinkle their noses at a blatant sporting of wonder, thinking perhaps 
I must be oblivious to the dress code. Stilettos of apathy, high heels of indifference, boots of cool reserve. But dang, this wonder gets me where I need to go, every inch, every mile, even across the room, when everywhere I step is broken glass. Wearing this wonder is the only reason I can move at all. I wear my wonder like old running shoes, not elegant, not sophisticated, surprisingly inappropriate in certain rooms. I notice how others sometimes wrinkle their noses at a blatant sporting of wonder, thinking perhaps I must be oblivious to the dress code. Stilettos of apathy, high heels of indifference, boots of cool reserve. But dang, this wonder gets me where I need to go every inch, every mile, even across the room, when everywhere I step is broken glass. Wearing this wonder is the only reason I can move at all. Wearing this wonder is the only reason I can move at all. So letting yourself settle, being curious as if you could bring curiosity to every part of your body. Allow curiosity to settle like gold dust rise, running through water, settle into your feet. You could bring that sense of curiosity, wearing your wonder. in your feet. And being curious about the shape and volume of your legs. Wearing your wonder with every inch of your body. With the next out-breath, letting your curiosity settle into your whole
pelvic area, your sit bones, your lower back, your tummy. Letting your curiosity to just settle into your thoracic area, your chest, your heart, your lungs. And with the generous and loving spirit that it talks about in the advices, can you be curious about your shoulders, your head, your face, wearing your wonder with every inch of you? you could, with that same generous and loving spirit, invite your whole body to relax. May my whole body relax.
might sense your body oh, really, really enjoying this generous and loving spirit that holds it and fills it and nourishes it. If your mind gets pulled into your own business agenda, the to-do list, you might notice that, that pull. And with the same generous and loving spirit, just come back to the body. Perhaps that to-do list, that own our business agenda, is just another way to love each other. To take each other in, to drink in each other's presence. So for the last couple of minutes, I invite you to open your eyes and to just let your eyes rest on someone here on the call with a generous and loving spirit. Drink them in. You might rest on one person or you might decide that perhaps you want to move to a new person with each breath, just generous, loving. Hmm. What would business meeting be like if it was just an excuse to love each other? If that was the only thing on the agenda. If every item was love. And there's that uh, 
Sufi poet, I think he says, to every question there is only one answer, love. offering that loving and generous spirit to someone in the call. See if you can receive the gift of their love. Really drink it into your heart. We don't want to be one of those people who gets given a gift and then you say, oh, you shouldn't have. <laughs> be one of those people who gets given a gift and it's Thank you, this is what I always wanted. Really let it in. Finally, allowing that flow of generosity and love to be from you and to you. We will gently offer a virtual handshake with each other. <laughs> Bow to the, your beautiful, beautiful presence. Mm. Good. Mm. I'm so very grateful to you all. So very grateful. So we just have a short few minutes. Um, We'll go back into breakout rooms. With any luck, we'll manage to get into the same breakout rooms. And we've got five minutes uh, to just share what that was like, what, what reflections came up to you, what landed for you, and maybe, yeah, what you would like to take into your next business meeting, <laughs> even if it's a, your own to-do list, your own sense of your busyness. What would you like to plant? What seed would you like to germinate there? So we'll come back, um, yeah, in about five or six minutes. As always, 
you've reached the parts that other beards don't reach. Karen. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd love to hear how it was. If we could just take a moment or two, I would really be glad to hear how it, how it all was with you. Um, so yeah, go ahead and unmute as you feel led and just share what what your takeaway is. Well, I'm going to write it on my hand. Love is the agenda. <laughs> and try and take that with me everywhere. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I would agree. Um, an argument. No, argument's all right. Disagreement is something which we have to work on um, and finding agreement together in a loving sense. Yes. But maybe the time will come when I'm able to raise one or two of the points that we have investigated in this meeting um, in terms of helping us all in business meeting in Exeter. Yeah. Um, consider yeah. the profundity of this approach and living with love in our hearts and respect and being able to focus in a profound way so that our minds aren't twinkling off anymore. Thank you, friends. Well, it's seven o'clock. I see you all as like being like cross-pollination, <laughs> this amazing cross-pollination across the country and into other countries. Um, so I wish you with all my heart, thank you for coming. And uh, we co-create something really extraordinary. And so I'm so happy to be here with you. And uh, I just love to hear, I do always love hearing from you when you write emails to me and how things are going and what you're noticing. So do keep them coming. I really get such a kick out of that. So, and it keeps me connected to you in the month, which is uh, a real joy as well. As always, please feel free to share this link with friends in your area meeting, in your local meeting. Um, it's always lovely to have new people come along. Uh, great. Well, we will see you on the fourth Sunday in March. Um, I hope March is wonderful and that you get to enjoy the crocuses and the daffodils. And yeah, go well, dear friends. Should we, on the count of three, should we say go well and uh, farewell yeah. to each other? One, two, three. Go well, go everybody. Well. Go well. Go well. Go well. Bye, Elaine. It's Love Monday, you. not Bye, you. Peter. Yes, Monday. <laughs> oh, so good to see you. But it feels like Sunday when we meet. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Bye. 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 B